0: let's shift gears and talk commodities let's talk energies with matt smith he's the lead oil analyst he's joining us this morning from america's at kepler Matt, always good to have you with us. Welcome. Happy Thursday. Uh, Seemed the big news this week was the Biden administration's willingness to allow the ethanol blend extend uh, the E15 into the summer driving season in hopes that that could relieve some of the pressures consumers have been feeling at the pumps. But we've been kind of debating what that does for corn prices ultimately. But uh, this does seem to be one of the focal points for traders here this week.
1: Absolutely, Ben. I think it's just the Biden administration here trying to use whatever tools they have available to try and keep that price of the pump down. You know, there is that inverse relationship between high gas prices and a low approval rating, and the Biden administration is feeling that. Same time as well, we've got the midterm elections coming up in November here, and we've just had this SPR release announced, uh, which is going to be you know a million barrels a day in theory, hitting commercial inventories over the next six months which takes us right up to the midterm elections. And so the, we've got the gasoline price on the, the national average is still over $4 a gallon there. It has come off, you know, 25 cents, something like that from its record high. But at the same time too, if all prices are gonna stay above $100 a barrel here, it seems that that uh, retail price is gonna stay above $4 a, a gallon. So that's the real concern from the Biden administration. So that's why you're continuing to them uh, see them Uh, pulling as many levers as they possibly can here to Mm. try and keep those prices in check.
0: Yeah, you can understand the scramble. We're actually looking at crude prices holding up 100 above 100 now. Recently, we found some support around the 92, 93 level. I just want to take a quick look here in terms of where things stand on the bigger picture, the daily time frame. Speaking of that 92, 93 level, it looks like we've double bottom, triple bottom there, I guess you could call it, and we are now back above the 50-day moving average after comments this week. Matt from the IEA, OPEC, EIA, basically all sort of uh, kind of supporting this narrative. The demand growth forecasts are being. Revised lower across the board, a reflection of what's going on in China, the impact of lockdowns, I'd imagine.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Ben. So if we take the IEA's report, we saw them cut their demand forecast for this year by Mm 260,000 barrels a day, highlighting China there specifically. Uh, With the OPEC report that came out, we actually saw them cutting by more. They cut by uh, half a million barrels a day. They see higher demand growth than the IEA anyway for this year, but there is that consistent theme here. There's really kind of these two counterweights from a bullish and bearish perspective. Ben, so from from the bearish perspective, there's obviously the Chinese lockdowns. You know, you have tens of millions of people locked down there. Uh, but on the be- uh, the bullish side of things, you've got Russia, uh, and I'm waiting to see how much of that supply is really going to come off the market. And so, as those two things continue to develop. And as there's so much uncertainty surrounding both of those things, we continue to see heightened volatility and should expect to going forward here.
0: Matt, in terms of that, I'm hearing something along the lines of 1.5 million barrels per day in terms of Russian supply seen falling in April and 3 million barrels per day. I'm hearing calls for uh, declines in for the month of May. Ben, it's so tough. So in terms of the
1: actual exports, we saw a, a bit of a head fake late last month. But then so far this month, we're actually seeing Russian crude exports higher. Mm. And so they're continuing to push out that crude. Mm. European markets are continuing to take that crude in. Mm. Now, you are seeing little nuances in the data. So, for example, you are seeing India taking in more crude. Uh, you're seeing some countries taking in less, sort of like a Lithuania or a Finland or that. Netherlands as well pivoting. But the big picture is we're not seeing a drop in terms of those exports yet. I think we saw a bit of a pop in oil prices yesterday because there was talk of uh, trading companies dialing back on those purchases uh, mid-next month going forward after that. Uh, But at the same time, too, they're still saying that uh, countries are going to be supplied because they need that security of supply. And so regardless, because there's not sanctions in place, these countries and ultimate destinations are still taking this crude. So nothing has changed just yet. And that's why we're seeing so much volatility I think day to day because we're not seeing the impact of, uh, of, of any blows uh, uh, on Russia being dialed back yet. And that's why it is still frustrating to be honest, right? It's, it's a crazy
0: situation. It is and volatile at that. And uh, the Biden administration addressing it with India this week. I think it was earlier in the week in terms of some of their purchases. Now, one thing that has changed, I've noticed, Matt, is we're seeing a couple builds come into inventories this week. The EIA reported a significant build. I think it was nine million. I think this was a little bit anomalous
1: though, Ben. So we did see refinery runs pull back uh, last week and in this week's report, the same for exports as well. So going forward, I don't think we're going to see weaker exports and weaker refinery runs. That said, we've got these SPR releases coming Mm -hmm. through, huge numbers, Mm -hmm. right? And so those continue to add sort of 4 million barrels a day or more, 4 million barrels a week, sorry, or more into uh, commercial inventories. And so what that's likely to do is just, uh, uh, keep us from dropping below sort of 400 million barrels there, at least in the coming months, as you continue to see that that support coming through from those SPR releases. So, you know, if we didn't have those, U.S. inventories would be dropping to multi-year lows. Uh, and so those are those are, are helping. They have that kind of stealth effect, you know, of, of not really uh, having a major bullish influence. At a time as we move through summer, when we should expect to be really seeing large draws coming through, they will be somewhat smaller.
0: Uh, Just taking a quick look here in terms of crude oil on a weekly time frame, it really speaks to the run-up we've seen from the pandemic lows around 650 up to 135 130 dollars and 50 cents recently now again holding above 100 at 102 well, just shy of 103 right now down around one and a quarter percent matt talk to me speaking of a run-up i was looking at natural gas prices yesterday i think it was around 350 to begin the year and up it through seven dollars yesterday i mean this is quite the move higher uh, we had seen a significant portion of this uh i think it was a week or two ago but it looks like continuation
1: yeah, exactly, Ben. So we're in the shoulder month season here now, right? And so the end of withdrawal season seems to have happened, so we should start seeing injections with today's okay. report. But I think now we're looking ahead with the uncertainty of the summer and what uh, cooling demand that brings, the uncertainty of hurricane season, as well as record LNG exports. And so mm-hmm. those elements are, are all fairly bullish, right? And so I think given everything else that is going on in commodities, uh, you are seeing prices being bid up here. You know, it's that path of least resistance as we're seeing them move higher. And so, again, it's that positioning going into summer, and it, you know, a typical thing we see in shoulder season. So we'll have to see how it plays out as those elements really start to kick in on the fundamental side
0: matt uh last question for you we've seen crude prices come off 130 back to 100 dollars well 92 as i mentioned we found some support there but more comfortably around this 100 dollars level i've been kind of speaking to the point how it seems like some of the run-up we saw to 130 was tied to some fears that putin could take drastic measures cutting off europe for example the u.s was sort of providing some backdrop scenarios should the worst case scenario play out it didn't crude pulled back. I guess I'm wondering, if we're going to see some real positive developments, even though we're kind of gearing up for, it seems like, phase two of uh, Russia's attack on Ukraine, if we were to see some positive developments, where would crude be? Is it down around 70 ultimately? Is there still $30 in premium right now, even though we're seeing, uh, again, you know, the worst case scenarios not playing out, but still, as mentioned, a very volatile situation uh, nonetheless?
1: We saw positive developments, resolution of of some sort with the Russian-Ukraine crisis combined with what we're seeing with China here. By all means, we could see prices drop below 90, something like that. But given what seems more likely is, you know, China uh, unwinds its lockdowns, we see things improve there in the coming months. But we still see an issue with Russia and we see that supply uh, taken off the market to a certain extent. That should be supportive for prices here. So I think we should expect to see prices holding around these triple digits here uh, oh, going wow. forward, uh, by no means a, a drop to 70.
0: Okay, that factors right into the inflation discussions we have here on the show on a regular basis, the uh, rates to the upside and some of the obstacles the Feds had to deal with, central bankers in general, uh, for that matter. Matt, appreciate you joining us here. Uh, thanks for sharing part of your Thursday morning with us. Matt Smith, lead oil analyst, Americas at Kepler.